There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, it's Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. This is Season 3, Episode 29. I'm co-host Tom, and I've got with me, as always, my faithful co-host Randy. And he's just uh, getting hydrated on the bench, taking in some of that, you know, extra electrolyte Gatorade. Randy, how's the beverages treating you today? Doing good, Tommy. You know, in, in this day and age, you got to make sure... You're staying hydrated. You got your vitamins coming in. You know, every once in a while, they could be vitamin B. They could be vitamin C. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter. They both work. The vitamins are vitamins, yeah. as I always say, for sure. So, so Randy, this is a big episode here. This is part one of two of our season finale, and we thought, what's a season finale if it's not a clips show? So, yeah, this is talking hockey, the hockey talking show clips show part one of two to wrap up our third season which i would say is a smashing success huge season um you know were we reluctant to do a clip show no because <laughs> <laughs> clip shows are great yeah. also there's like infinite awesome memories from this this season yeah. that you know selecting these clips from these episodes it was difficult but we also, I think we, you could say we ventured into new territories on some of these episodes. For sure. And so we wanted to really highlight some of those moments, but also maybe give the listeners uh, a little bit of background on what, what went into some of these, yeah. uh, getting some of these clips, getting some of these interviews, and you know, what was going on behind the scenes. You know, there's, there's a huge team behind the scenes here at Talking Hockey. <laughs> Countless <laughs> interns, and we've had to fire a few and hire some more, but yeah. HR you know. is always breathing down our neck. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, like obviously, um, the majority of season three was very influenced by the global pandemic. Oh, what's that? Uh, <laughs> never heard of it. Uh, so we we were essentially, I'd say, all of our episodes except for the most recent one we did uh, via Zoom, basically, right? And well, then, part of the last one. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and and. Uh, and here we are recording in person, having a having a pop. It feels and, weird. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, I'm like, where's my Zoom screen? Yeah. Uh, but, but no, it's good. So you get a little ambient noise in the background. The train's about here to pass. Actually, yeah. we should say that we are at um, Sucrums Brewing Company. Some, some uh, classic Winnipeg noises going yeah. on here. If you know, if if you know, if you know the uh, the area, we're at. Pretty much confusion corner. So you got Pemina in one direction. You've got the major uh, rail line here in another, yeah. and you've got a bunch of great beers uh, right behind Tommy. So yeah. it's a great spot. Um, and you know we've been talking about souks so much on the show. Uh, it, it just seems seems appropriate to do our first episode in we'll person to, back here. Yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll have to get our marketing team to to talk to their 
marketing team, our, you know, our people will call your people and uh, hey, maybe we'll get a, a little Sucrums deal on the show, but that'll be for season four because we're wrapping up season three with, like we said, Clips show. And we're doing part one of two. And so part one, we're gonna kind of focus on the rockers, right? So we've got- we I guess had, you could say they're all punks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and but uh, punks of like different stripes in a way too right like um you know we we've had we had a crazy year of getting all these guests that it just sort of started happening and then it snowballed and then it was like well let's get this guy let's get that guy right and then you know you you call out a favor here you call out a favor there and next thing you know you've got like this lineup of of people that we're going to be doing interviews with that was really awesome and it was so cool to talk to some of these people that were like kind of like you know heroes of yours uh you know of mine you know as a well not just i was gonna say as a kid listening to music but like as an adult i'm a 40 year old man like you know and uh so you know, part one of the clip show here, we're going to be talking to, we're going to, we're going to throw back to some of the clips of, of some of the rockers, the punks there that we were talking to, such guys like, you know, Eric Melvin of No Effects, Russ Rankin of Good Riddance, uh, Chris number two of Anti-Flag, John Gallant of, of Billy Talent. And Grant Lawrence. And Grant Lawrence of The Smugglers, of course, right. And, and I mean, you know, these guys are all guys who have hockey in their lives in some way or another, which is the reason, you know, we wanted to reach out to them and get them on the show. And it was just so much fun talking to them and getting all these different perspectives on hockey because, you know, like we've always said on the show, Randy, like, you know, this is Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're a couple of guys. We like to watch hockey. We like to talk hockey. We like to play hockey. I said it in the wrong order, but you get the idea. <laughs> but like, we're not experts. That's what we always say, right? Like, we're not, we're not uh, insiders. We're not experts. And, you know, this season when we started getting all these guests, we really started sort of getting that different viewpoint from, from these people who aren't like classic hockey people, you know? We talked to some classic hockey people for sure. And, and that'll be coming in, in part two of our clips, uh, spectacular or whatever. But <laughs> part, yeah, <laughs> clips extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, these, these are people who, uh, and, and some of them like Grant Lawrence, you know, he said like, he's never been asked to just talk about hockey before. And he, and he wrote a book about hockey. Right, yeah. yeah. But the cool thing too is like, all these guys played in bands that we we both listened to like prior to the show growing up like 90s 2000s and all that stuff but it's just really cool to know that like and this is something that we're coming to kind of familiarize ourselves with these days is that there's a, a ton of people that have that hockey connection that you wouldn't miss you wouldn't think oh like Chris number two, that guy's such a fucking hard-lined uh, p political punk kind of guy. Yeah. Who knew that he likes to rip Puck's bar down? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, the fact that all these guys are hockey people, it's just, like, one, it's unexpected, but two, it's, like, there's that unexpected bond on, yeah. on, on that side of things, too. So, and it's, like, you know, not, not, that, not that hockey is, like, this exclusive club or whatever, but it's just kind of neat to hear people's perspectives on the game, whether they're from... Pittsburgh or from California yeah. or from Vancouver or, or wherever they may right. be but similar to you and for me like both of us drifted away from hockey we both grew, grew up on punk rock and all that stuff in, in our teenage years but and drifted away from hockey 
And a lot of these guys that we're talking to had similar stories where you come back to hockey totally. in your 30s or whatever yeah. and you kind of you find the game again and and you know create this new bond with folks and new community and new community people and stuff. Yeah. So it's just really cool to see all that taking place in in all these different spots and uh, yeah like it's and so rad like to to talk to some of these childhood heroes of ours yeah 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 it was it was really interesting and and I really liked that part of it too where it was like you'd get the perspectives of other people who like who you know you didn't know before talking to them but then you talk to them and then it's like they're your old pals right you just like oh, it yeah. was you know so easy to talk to these guys and 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 a lot of it was just like you 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 have that instant connection over over the game yeah and and it's just kind of like you know uh but yeah like you said you get those perspectives of of like coming back to the game and like forming that community of of like-minded people like like how we kind of came back to the game in our 30s or whatever and then you know we've all ended up on this this rec league beer beer league team or whatever of of like-minded individuals you know like and it's this is kind of like the best thing and so like obviously the pandemic has put a bit of a damper in our hockey play in these days and can't kind of kind of can't wait until you know the fall when it's you know knock on wood seems like things will be you know we'll be back Happening in the rink in or whatever sort of right fashion, so yeah. um yeah it's it's just kind of you know a lot of that isn't so much the on ice stuff although you know i still dream about some of those wicked goals i scored you know <laughs> and i'll i'll still peruse the ashl stats and be like oh yeah that game against the tornadoes man that was a doozy <laughs> well and also like you mentioned like the camaraderie that you have it feels like we've been able to kind of keep that going with talking hockey mm -hmm. like the pre-game and the post-game beers we've been able to keep going <laughs> <laughs> over Zoom, yeah. but it, the hockey part is missing. But all that being said, let's get to our first clip. So the first clip's coming from Russ Rankin, lead singer from 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 Good Riddance, but also uh, a scout for the uh, Tri City Americans. Yeah, so and, give, and not to mention a mega New Jersey Devils fan. Huge Devils fan. So, Tom, take us through the steps on lining up this interview with, yeah. with Mr. Rankin. Well, yeah, so Russ was kind of one of the first guests that we lined up this season. I can't remember if, I don't think he was the, no, he wasn't the first, but he was he was one of the earlier guests that we lined up this season. And it was honestly like kind of a chance thing through Instagram, which, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with, but. Um, you love to hate it. I love to hate it and I hate to love it, you know? <laughs> but like, uh, I think, so Friends of the Show, uh, and and a, another podcast that you should listen to if you haven't before it's called the prop no what the heck's it called unscripted moments that's it that's yeah. it yeah sorry it was on the tip of my tongue there but um i know their instagram handle i think is at Prop propagandy pod right yeah, yeah. so um and it's greg and keith okay yeah yeah so so they you know uh friends of friends of the show here and then and uh you know they they sort of tagged uh, talking hockey in a post that Russ Rankin had made that said like, I should get paid to talk hockey or something like that. You know, his post, he, he had made just like a post that said like, have me on your show to talk about hockey or something like that. So they tagged us and then I just, you know, reached out to Russ, you know, slid into the DMs as it were, said, Hey Russ, you know, we do this podcast, we're in Winnipeg, uh, you want to come on and just talk hockey? And he was all for it. And uh, so we lined that up and uh, yeah, and then, you know, he he was, 
very gracious with his time and it gave us all kinds of stories and it was really awesome just talking to him. And you know, I've had friends and people who listen to the show kind of tell me who have heard Russ in other interviews on different podcasts or shows or whatever. And they, they heard the they heard him on our show and they were like, Man, that is so cool. Like Russ really like opened up with you guys. You know, he was really like he was like so nice and like open yeah. with you guys and and so I thought that was pretty cool like uh, well, I'll spill the beans on a little uh, documentary filmmaking uh, tip it's like when you find somebody when you when you know what somebody's passion is and you get them to talk about it that's when they open up yeah so like if we were to ask Russ maybe about stuff that he's not stoked on yeah. or like maybe he's told the same good written good written story over and over again yeah but like again he put out the post saying i want to talk hockey so you get you know you find someone's passion you talk about it yeah. and then they turn into an open book and i like from my perspective and maybe russ was just pretty chill in his ways or whatever i thought like oh that was a little tough interview like, yeah. <laughs> but but actually in 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 hindsight and looking at a big picture and actually going back and listening to this clip uh listening to the whole show again uh there was like a lot of great moments in there and and basically to find this clip um, I kind of went hunting for it specifically because the target question was Devils related. Right, yeah, so, yeah. So, like, Russ is a huge Devils fan, and um, he's been with the Devils. He's been a fan with the Devils. Um, you know, since the 80s. Since the 80s. Yeah. He's not one of those fair-weather fans that he started becoming a Devils fan when they won their first cup. He was well, like, a big fan, well into the 80s, so before they were relevant you could say yeah. when they were rocking the red and the green <laughs> the right? christmas outfits <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so like so the question you know to him was like how did it feel like watching your your kind of your boyhood team win a couple cups so russ gave his perspective on that but tom just share with the listeners like a little bit about like um your perspective going through the interview and like how we approached it yeah i i, I kind of just came into that interview like okay, um, you know, I know who this guy is. I don't know anything about his hockey sort of background or whatever. So that was that was all like new to me. But it, once we got talking, it was just like, it, it all happened very naturally. And so, yeah, I guess my approach to the interview was like, let's just uh, see where it goes. But like, you know, it was really cool. I thought, you know, him talking about this, as you'll hear in this clip coming up right in the second tier, you know, how he's, um, in Europe or whatever and, and finding out the news of the Devils winning the cup and stuff and and I, I thought to myself like I had a very in a way similar experience in 2008 I was in uh, Europe you know doing the classic uh, backpack trip after university and we were in Paris it was the Stanley Cup finals Pittsburgh and Detroit and I, I found a Canadian bar in Paris that was showing the hockey game uh, I forget which game of the finals it was, but um, you know it was. It started at like you know midnight or no, started at like 2 a.m. or whatever it was, and it went until the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, it must have started like 2 4 a.m. Doesn't matter. It was like middle of the night, wee hours of the morning. We found the only Canadian bar in in town and went and watched the hockey game there. And I just thought it was really cool and you know. Detroit won the cup that year, not Pittsburgh, but you know, uh, way she goes. But like, I just really liked Russ's story and I thought, you know, it kind of resonated for me in that way, but it was also super cool to hear because this was like in the age before kind of the internet and stuff. So anyway, let's hear Russ right now. Tell a little story about 
his Devils winning a couple of cups. So in 95, we were on tour, and there's no, there's no smartphones back then or internet. And so we're playing in Rock, Rockford, Illinois, I think. We were playing at some skate park the night that I knew they could have clinched it. And all night long, I'm at, the, I'm at this place fucking asking everybody, like, does anybody What's know? Like, yeah. yeah. And no, everybody's <laughs> like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> so we play the show and then we go, we sleep in our van because that's what we did back then. Like we pulled over and I'm like a rest thing and sleep in the van. And I'm just laying there all night, like on, I can't sleep. Like what happened? It's, it, it's so funny. Cause nowadays you, would, it just sounds crazy. Like you would, yeah. Just yeah. Just ask Siri. Just like, I gotta, I gotta yeah. get the early edition of the newspaper. So we, so we wake <laughs> up, we go to Denny's and I run to the fucking newspaper machine and get a newspaper out. And I saw that they won. So that's, that's no how way. I found out the first time. The second time in 2000, this is, these are so, these stories are so lame, but I'll tell you guys anyway. So it's 2000 devils are playing the flyers in the conference final. And it's, it's three games to one, I think, for, for, for the Flyers. And we're leaving for a tour to go to Europe. And so I'm just like, well, maybe next year, you know, down 3-1. Flyers are str- a strong team. And so I leave to go to tu- I'll go on tour. And so we're on this, it's called Deconstruction Tour. It's like, it was like I had a festival tour through Europe. And uh, NoFX was on the tour. They were headlining. And their tour manager, Kent, who's also from Manitoba, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so Kent is on the tour. And back then, like, if you were, if you were really balling, your tour manager maybe had a laptop. Like, mm. So Kent had a laptop. Obviously, no one else had any smartphones, nothing. And so we, a couple of days into the tour, Kent's like, hey, you're a Devils fan, right? And I, go, I go, yeah. He's like, they won, they won a game. Like, I thought they were getting eliminated, but they, they're, it's 3-2 now. And like, every couple of days, he'd come up to me and be like, yeah, they're they're back in it. Like, and so I'm just thinking like, no way. Cause I, I had written it off. I was like that they're done, you know, they're cooked. And, and then he comes up and he's like, they won the series. They came back and won. And I'm like, Oh, awesome. And I remember I was, I was in Paris and I, and I called Scott to wish him luck in the, in the Stanley cup finals. They were playing Dallas. And then, so like, you know, Kent's still kind of telling me what's going on in the finals. It's kind of back and forth that series with Dallas. And then we were playing a festival in Germany and I was just kind of wandering around and Darren, Darren, who plays drum, played drums at that time for Goldfinger. He's a Sabres fan, but he, he comes up to me. I, I sort of knew him a little bit. And, uh, he just, he finds me. He's like, you're Russ from Good Riddance, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're a devil's fan, right? And I go, yeah. He goes, they just won the cup. Then he walked away. <laughs> and so like, I'm sitting in this German field and there's like, I'm like so stoked, but there's like nobody to tell. Yeah. There's just nobody to like, laugh. yeah, I'm just like, you know, so I'm just standing there going, Come, that's awesome, you know, but like there's nobody to like celebrate with or like share it with or talk to you. It was like super surreal. Like he just came up to me and told me and walked away.
Okay, so the song uh, you heard there after Russ, Russ's uh, epic clip about uh, standing alone in a German field <laughs> uh, after his Devils won the Stanley Cup, that was one for the Braves by Good Riddance. Um, if you want to hear the rest of that episode, it was episode Bridgman. Um, Named after Mel Bridgman. Uh, that's correct. 18, Season so, yeah. 3, episode 18. And uh, Tommy, as I look back in our archives here, we've got 55 episodes on Apple uh, iTunes podcast thing. Yeah, or uh, Spotify. Spotify would have well, 55 yeah. as well. So that's that's pretty crazy. So, and I'm not uh, sure how the internet works, but I think if you have a different like pod catcher, you'll still get those, you know, like Stitcher or whatever. The but first I, ones or what? Uh, no, like all 55 of those, okay. you know, because they just grab it from like Apple or whoever. Oh, you and to. we have to also give a shout out to UMFM. Yeah. All, all episodes are obviously on UMFM. That's right, yeah. So check umfm.com slash podcasts. Uh, or just, you know, Google Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show. So, so but, yeah, that was our clip from Mr. Russ Rankin, episode yeah. three, our season three episode, Bridgman, uh, a.k.a. number 18. Yeah. Uh, coming up next in the queue is, is, our, is our episode featuring the one and only Eric Melvin. Yeah. Before we go too far, let's just give some background about um, our, our skate with Melvin. Yeah. And then we'll talk about lining up this uh, interview, and then we'll talk about the clip. Okay, yeah, so like this, the, the infamous skate with Melvin. I wanna say that was 2016, Randy. It could have been 2018. Sixes and eights look pretty similar. There's just like one extra little line in there, you know? So I can't remember exactly if it was 16 or 18, but what happened was the Caressa Steel Boys threw a hook up. I believe it was uh, Liam Martin. And he, he got a, a bit of a hookup there. Uh, we rented some ice at, or we had an ice rental anyway at the Winnipeg Winter Club. I think we were just gonna have like a practice because you know, beer league teams, you gotta practice. You gotta stay on your systems. You gotta be on top of those, right? Like you gotta like- Or just fire a whole bunch of pucks over the net. One yeah, of the two. One of the two, but you know, and um, so we had, a, we had an ice booked at the Winter Club there in the village and uh no effects is coming to town that very day and you know it was actually the same day as chicks dig it was in that's town that's correct they were playing um, the windsor yeah and it was right around remembrance day november of i'll say 16. and um so yeah i'm in the dressing room lacing up my skates and i don't remember if i knew that that, that he was that Melvin was gonna be joining us or not, to be honest with you. But I'm lacing up my skates and in walks this guy with his hockey bag and whatever, who I, you know, it was like, well, you're not like a regular on our team or whatever. And I look at him and he's got these dreads that are like, you know, multicolored and whatnot, I think, right? And I look at him and I'm like, wait a second I think I know who you are and yeah sure enough that's well that's Eric Melvin so we we suited up into darks and whites I was wearing a white I remember and he put on a white and we did we ran some drills and stuff we were like classic hockey practice like hey let's take this guy from California put him through some drills and then we had a scrimmage at the end I remember we did scrimmage but we only had one goalie um, we, we only had one goalie out that night and uh, I remember, here's, here's the main thing I remember, is I got a two-on-one with Melvin, I got the puck, and we're going on the end with the goalie, 
and uh, I made a nice pass right around the defenseman, right onto Melvin's tape, and he popped that baby home for a Gino, nice. and uh, yeah. I took and you, the rest of the you, night off. You actually asked him that question in the interview. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he remembered, but he no, probably but doesn't remember a lot of things. So <laughs> fair enough. So actually, so uh, how did we line up uh, Eric Melvin? Well, it was through our buddy again, Liam. Yeah. Um, Liam connected us to Fat Records and then a, a couple emails back and forth uh, with, uh, with the Fat Records folks and they hooked us up with a time to chat with, with Eric who's now based in Encinitas, California. So bright and early one morning, nine in the morning for him, 11, yeah. 11 for us. Uh, Eric hopped on a video call with us and uh, we, we chatted about hockey and he, I think he vaguely remembered the skate? He did once we kind of like jogged his memory yeah. of it for sure, but he's been everywhere and he's been taking his gear everywhere. So it's kind of like, you know, and he, he gave us the rundown in that interview of, with him of all the places he's played across the world, really. And it was pretty cool. Like, you know, he, he had a lot of stories of, you know, from, from Edmonton to Slovakia. Yeah, you he's, know? Been, like, he's been everywhere with his yeah, hockey bag. Yeah. Um, and, and so for Eric too, like, but he didn't grow up playing hockey. He, he came to the game later in life. He said through Greg Hetson from Bad Religion. Yeah. And then he's then connected with other guys in punk bands like Chris Number 2 from Anti-Flag, who you're he here later in the show. And it's just turned into like a new part of his life that he's in Southern California and he tries to get to the rink as much as possible. Yeah. So um, Tommy, like, you know, you're talking to one of your punk yeah. rock heroes uh how how you know that's a it was, it's a weekday morning 11 a.m uh, how did that go for you it was pretty cool i was uh, you know working at home as i have been for the last year and a half and and i just take a little coffee break and switch on zoom and there's eric and uh, eric melvin right so it was pretty cool you know like yeah growing up as a you know teenager like 1994's White Trash, Two Heaps and a Bean, probably one of the most seminal albums in my youth, right? Like, listen to that one, like, a number of times. I've actually only seen No Effects Live once before that. Um, and that was, you know, around the year, the early 2000s. Um, you know, growing up in the Maritimes, not a lot of bands came out there. No Effects had been out there before but the, it had been some number of years. And so they came out and I remember, <laughs> man, that was a great show, great, great fun. I can't even remember all the different bands that played with them that night. I just remember no effects. And I also remember losing my shoe in the mosh pit during um, Bob. When they played Bob, <laughs> the, the pit went wild and I had these like Converse skate shoes on and one of my shoes just gone and it was like, you know, and it made me think of that No Effects album so long. Thanks for all the shoes, right? So it's like, I guess that's where that came from. But uh, yeah, it was really cool uh, just talking to him. It was really neat to hear his perspectives on hockey and the game and how he came to it, you know, and where it's kind of taken him and how it's in his life now. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess with, with, with this story that he's going to be telling us, what's what's going on in this little clip yeah. of it? So full, full disclosure, this was me trying to dig for more people who are punks that played hockey. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, I will be completely transparent on this, and yeah, this was yeah. what I was going for. I wanted him to kind of do like a rundown of all the punk bands, of guys who played, guys or girls who played hockey, 
and as you know, potential uh, future guests. Yeah, I, I yeah. will be honest about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So my question for for Mr. Melvin was like, you know, if you were to put together like a, an all-star team of hockey players that also played in punk bands, who would it be? Um, the way that Eric took this question was like, if it was more of a hypothetical situation. Yeah, so he was yeah. taking the characters from punk bands that he is aware of, or aware of, like Bad Religion and Pennywise. What kind of hockey players would they be? So here's here's Eric's uh, response to, to my question, where, like I said, I was digging, and here's Her Eric's maybe more uh, response on a higher level. <laughs> I've actually skated and played hockey with um, number two from Anti-Flag, right Chris, and he's really good he's nice. really good and uh, and his his like neighborhood rink he's so lucky it's got like open hockey ice from like nine to 12 like monday through friday or something oh wow so yeah. he goes and he just skates and just you know works on his slap shots from all kinds of places <laughs> and everything just like oh i'm so jealous um and and He's also the super nicest and most like personable guy ever. Um, so he's one of my favorite people to play with, obviously, because he's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. If you want to be on a team, you want to pick guys who are good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, what is it? There's like an aspect to it of being able to uh, sort of meld with the, with another player, right? You know, get in sync and pick up on cues and whatnot right there's that yeah. there's a, a part of that so again that'd be number two from anti-flag um but we're talking like actual does anyone else from no effects play hockey or is it right just no, no not a single i don't think any of them even skate so you'd, you'd have all. to carry that team then right i would have to carry <laughs> that team but you know if, if you know if we were just talking more like uh what's the word theoretically and not yeah, like the practically yeah, theoretically, yeah, like, yeah. Stylistically like we we have we have a, a way in no effects i think that we really um we kind of know what the other one's thinking oh yeah and we really like bounce off each other really well like we do that on stage i think really well so that would make a really good team wouldn't it i mean guys who just know how to go with the other's flow totally. and and that so there's for sure no effects has that um but it's hard to see that with other bands because sometimes you don't get get a sense of that from on stage um from how they perform on stage you know they just maybe play the songs well together so that would be maybe like an analogy of like a a, a team that can perform set plays together really well but once it, you get out of that set play situation what do they do so i, I wouldn't know about <laughs> some guys but you know like the bad religion guys i know really well you know yeah. jay bentley brian baker um they're all they're they're super like personable and like pick up on your flow and like go with your flow so i'd say that makes a really good player but that's again that's just my opinion um Pennywise guys, Pennywise guys. I mean, we're let's, let's just let's just assume that we're not actually talking about if they can actually play or not. But if they <laughs> yeah, were players, yeah, like in this theoretical yeah. tournament yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. punk rock bands, who's like, coming uh, out on? Yeah, top. yeah, 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 yeah. Like Byron, Byron McMacken, first of all, is just super go. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, positive. Yeah. I'm on board, guy. You know, so that would make it 
really awesome player. Um, and Fletcher, of course, is huge and unstoppable. So you want one of those guys on your team. There was a warp tour in the 90s that we were on and it was anti-flag was there and helmet. We went, you know, on a day and went and got a, a net to keep in the parking lot and we got some street stakes and street pucks and we just shoot, we just shoot at the net for a while and I, I have a terrible shot. Okay, so that was Eric's uh, story about uh, who would make, or you know, what what punk rockers what? have the right characteristics to yeah, make yeah. a certain type of hockey player. So if you're drafting a hypothetical yeah. hockey team, so you know, yeah. kudos to Eric for taking my question to another place. Yeah, maybe like outside this dimension. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. It yeah. was awesome. It was yeah. good. Like it's it is a perspective also on getting to understand maybe some punkers that we only see on stage. Uh, and they're not, you know, yeah. we don't really know the personalities. We only know them from, from the band. So yeah. the song that you heard after that was, was called We Threw Gasoline on the Fire and Now We Have Stumps for Arms and No Eyebrows. A classic from Punkarama Volume 3, the Fat Records. Uh, no, that's not Fat Records, is it? That's uh, No, that's Epitaph. Epitaph. Yeah, yeah, Epitaph, yeah. And so I, I think it also came out on a, on a compila another compilation uh, 45. Yeah, 45 or 46 good songs that yeah. weren't good enough to make it on other albums or something like that. But I know it from Punkarama 3. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I just really love that song. I don't yeah. know why. Classic. But, but yeah. Punkaramas were always just great to grow, grow up with. Yeah. So yeah. actually, uh, looking back, um, thank you to Liam. Thank you to Eric. Thank you to uh, Vanessa from Fat Records. 
um, for all uh, connecting the key pieces to make this interview happen. Uh, it was uh, awesome actually to have Eric uh, yeah. on the show. That and, was super cool. And um, and at the end of the episode, we'll actually at the end of this episode, we'll we'll do a look of a, a list of which episodes you can go back to to listen to, to if you want to hear the rest right, of these interviews. Right, because off the top of my head, I can't remember which one that was. And I it was after it was after Russ Rankin, but we'll yeah. we'll go back and yeah. verify. Um, so coming up next, we actually have uh, Chris number two, Chris Barker from Anti Flag. Um, he he's a huge hockey guy, um, and we have to I have to basically thank most recent talking hockey guest Jason Keebler Caldwell yeah, right. for hooking us up with this one. Um, Jason is uh, you know he's been on the road a lot. He's connected well connected with Chris. Uh, he basically sent an email. Chris was CC'd on it. I was CC'd on it. Within a minute, Chris was like, let's do this. <laughs> so it was very easy. Again, when you can find someone's passion and talk about it, it think all these things come easy. So all you folks that are maybe considering starting podcasts, <laughs> there's, there's tip number one. Find yeah, just, something people love to talk about. Just and, don't call your <laughs> top podcast talking hockey because... Uh, when you Google talking hockey or you go on Spotify, Spotify or whatever, and you type that in, there's like, there's about 20 imitation podcasts, right? <laughs> we got to get our team of lawyers on yeah. this, right? I got a lawyer buddy out in Vancouver who's okay, on Okay, we'll get but, on uh, it. Yeah, anyway. Okay, so first and foremost, um, Chris number two is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. so Home Tommy, of the Penguins. Tommy, let's, let's <laughs> give, the, give the listeners who maybe haven't been around the show very often, Share, share some of our Penguins love. Here. Yeah, well, for sure, right? Like, we, we're we both Penguins fans. There's no doubt about that. Randy's been a Penguins guy, you know, since the late 80s, early 90s, probably, when Mario kind of came around. And, uh, you know, when that classic question, Mario or Wayne, gets tossed about, Randy's a Mario guy. Um, I, I'm going to have to say I'm more of a Wayne guy, but... Boo! <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But that's just the way she goes. But I do, you know, like, I, I kind of came more to the Penguins when Sid Crosby got drafted to Fair the enough. Penguins. And, East you know, Coast. a little, yeah, exactly. East Coast a lifestyle. Little, a, little, uh, <laughs> a little flavor, yeah. For a little, little of the old salt air uh, blows in from Nova Scotia down to Pittsburgh way. And, and it was all of a sudden I'm paying attention to the Penguins when I hadn't really done so before. And... Um, you know, and then obviously they go on to win three cups with Sid, and uh, you know they were in a finals that they lost in 08 to Detroit, and yeah. So the other factor of the Penguins that we always kind of bring up on the show is is our buddy uh, Brandon Tanev. We're big Tanev fans. We got the segment Tanev time on the show uh, that we always kind of we come in and we we drop some Tanev love, but. Yeah, so to talk to a guy from Pittsburgh who's like super into hockey and he's he's been a Penguins fan, you know, since, his whole life. Since before Mario's Yeah, course. like so he's he's been a Penguins guy forever. Um, he's seen the ups and the downs of that team, which was really cool to hear him talk about, you know, like the down days when like Rico Fata was their best player. You know, he's going to the Mellon Arena or the Igloo or whatever it's called for $10. You know, there's 12 people in the stands yeah. and, uh, you know, and now it's, you know, brand new rink. They're the Stanley Cup champs a few times over. You know, people go to the games. Are they even into it? You know, they're just there to be seen. Who knows? 
but you know there's the hardcore hockey people in Pittsburgh for sure and uh, so Chris it was really cool talking to him about the Penguins and so I guess in this clip well before we go there there, there's no shortage of things to talk about with Chris because obviously we're huge Penguins fans he had the choice at an early age to potentially follow hockey well that was kind of like he was saying it was his his original goal you know was like let's see where the hockey goes he wanted to go to college and play yeah right? he, he had like his skill level like you know there's guys like us who are you know decent hockey players but there are also there's that level that have played college hockey junior right. hockey all that yeah. stuff so he had the potential to kind of get to that next level not saying NHL or pro, but he could have probably could have probably gone college. He probably went to school and played hockey. Yeah. But at the same time, and same thing for for guys like Tommy and I, when you're around that age of you know teenager, 16 to 17, you're, you're to kind 18, of maybe like yeah. looking to rebel against the man and yeah. against the system. You want and, to rage against the machine yeah. a little bit. Actually, and he's good friends with Tom Morello. There you go. So yeah. um, Chris ended up choosing his bass guitar over his hockey stick for a while. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's worked out quite well for him because Antiflex is <laughs> quite a big big band and I can actually remember like back in 2003 like being a huge fan of Antiflag yeah. um, you know they had uh, you know Die for Your Government and and Turncoat and they had like some cr great songs back then always seeing them on Warp Tour every summer and here we are in 2021 they just released a new record they're yeah. going strong they're still going yeah. and he's Absolutely. still playing hockey yeah. uh, non-stop so a couple questions um, and then we'll get get to the clip specifically but a question that I had to ask uh, Chris um, that you can go and back go back and listen to in the episode was like growing up and being a Penguins fan since the pre Mario Cup and then you see your your Penguins win five Stanley Cups two of them being back-to-backs yeah 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 um, the fact that he was able to see that so Chris gave a, a phenomenal answer to that question You'll have to go back and listen to the episode for that one. Like I said, at the end of this episode, you can hear which one it is, and, and we'll go through that. But just hearing his perspective about what the hockey scene was like in Pittsburgh, too, and also what the hockey scene was is like uh, while he's on the road. And like we talked about with, with Eric Melvin. Yeah, he's a guy who takes his gear take, on the road he everywhere he goes. Road and, and he's, that was really cool to hear, yeah. And he's, like, he's also making sure that um, he's connecting with fans, playing hockey and all that stuff yeah. so this question that I asked Chris is directly related to Eric Melvin too um, and for Chris it was more or less the same kind of question like who out there from punk bands and and um, got bands that you've toured with like who have you uh, you know been able to be on tour with and play hockey with and you know without saying too much more the way that Chris put it and the way that he puts it right off the bat is like he's pretty much the punk rock hockey scout so he's he's scouting <laughs> yeah, punk rock he's... bands for hockey players and he's doing a great job of it so here's the clip i've taken it as a badge of honor to become like the pied piper of rockers who were former hockey players and getting them back into it and so there are a few that i've been really successful with um melvin was an understudy of mine when he <laughs> was trying to do this and i was like we're gonna do this we did a tour together and we would have these great conversations where he was like, Chris, they want me to do drugs tonight, but I know that we have to play hockey in the morning. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you really shouldn't do the drugs tonight, maybe. And and I would win, you know, one out of three times. I would <laughs> the drugs would win a lot more than I would, but I, I got him out and and um 
so he's someone that I'm really happy is still playing the game and still involved with it. Um, another one was Jay Weinberg, um, who plays in Slipknot. He wasn't against me. Um, he's a goalie and, uh, and he actually loved Johan Hedberg and we were kind of bonding over it one day and he was telling me about playing. I was like, you really got to do it. Like, let's just do it. And then not so somebody paints the mask and like, it's like he, he like steps back onto the ice, like head to toe, perfect gear. And I'm like, okay, well you didn't have to ease your way back in it. You got an endorsement, you know? <laughs> uh, but I love Jay and he's great. Um, Tom from Straight From The Path uh, was also a goalie when he was younger. And um, we brought him out on a tour we did and he got lit up and then he was like, I don't think I want to do that. And so now we've transitioned him into being a, a, a player. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you don't retain your goalie skills 20 years later. It doesn't. Yeah, just uh, strap him on and get right back <laughs> into it. Could be tough. Yeah, for sure. Goalies love playing out too. They, they uh, when, out. when you yeah. give them the chance, and it's like you'll never get them back in. Then you're like, well, now we don't have a goalie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, you're flirting with a it's a dangerous dance. Uh, to, to <laughs> the, even loaning the goalie your stick for a little bit is scary. <laughs> um, but a couple of great ones: a run from Saves the Day. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Bo from Bless the Fall is a really great player. Um, Paul Mark from Silverstein is an amazing player. Um, and, uh, you know, we did a warp tour, I want to say 2016, 2017, something like that. And, you know, those guys, I like was not talking about music, not talking about, you know, you got a new record, but it, it, everything was like, you're bringing your gear on this tour. And they're like, we've never done that before. It's going to sting up the trailer. And I'm like, I don't care. We're, you have to do it. <laughs> And now all of them take their gear everywhere. So it's just like, there's a lot of, you know, it was weird when I first started doing it on tour, I would just put out on Twitter or put out on, and I didn't even have Instagram then at the time. Um, I would even put it on our website and just be like, Hey, I made up an email address. If you play hockey and you live in any of these cities, send me an email and I'll get you into the show. You just have to let me know where the rink is or what's happening. And, you know, sometimes it's sketchy and you get into somebody's car and they're listening to anti-flag at full blast and you're like, okay, this is not my way. This is not how I usually start my morning, but you're helping me out and we're going to the, oh, I'll deal with it. Um, but I've made a lot of really great, like actual friends from doing it.
That was Fight Like Hell by Anti-Flag. Uh, previous guest of the show, Chris number two, bass player for Anti-Flag there. And that was, you just heard him telling a little story as the punk rock hockey scout. Um, you know, I think it'd be pretty fun one day if, uh, if we were all like, you know, he puts a team together of all of his assembled punk rock hockey friends or whatever. And, a uh, little tournament uh, somewhere in the, you know, meet in the middle or whatever, but... Uh, well, actually, you know what I was thinking is that if Anti-Flag comes back through town, hopefully to Winnipeg here for a tour, um, for a show, we should uh, get, get ourselves some ice, play yeah. some hockey with Chris number two, maybe throw on some sudden death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a little scene yeah. that takes place, or half the movie that takes place at the at, at the iceberg, at or the ice. The melon. The, the melon arena. The, the igloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's iceberg beautiful. is the mascot's name. Yeah. <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, great guest there, uh, Chris number two. So yeah, so our next clip here in our clip show spectacular, part one of two of our season finale. Uh, our next clip is with another bass player, a guy who never really put down the hockey stick for the bass guitar, he said. Um, this is John Gallant of uh, Canadian punk rock and band Billy Talent. So Billy Talent, just like one of those bands in Canada that just was kind of everywhere for a lot of years. They were top of the charts, you know, much music. Uh, they were on every rock radio station, you know, they were they were kings of Canada for a good while. And that's not to say that they really aren't anymore because they're still playing shows, they're still putting out albums. In fact, they've got a, uh, they're on a, a festival lineup this summer, or I guess September, uh, in my hometown of Churro. There, there's a festival called Rock the Hub that's going to Churro. Um, and look, in my entire time of growing up and living in Churro, I don't think an out-of-town band ever played there. The only bands that ever played there were like the local high school bands and whatnot, and you know, maybe a cover band down at the uh, at the Engine Room Pub or whatever. And you know, maybe the only out-of-town band was like from New Glasgow, the next town over, right? Like, 
so this lineup is amazing and Billy Talent is on it. Um, and they're going to, yeah, they're going to go rock the hub, the hub town being Churro. Anyway, talking to John Gallant, he's a big hockey guy, big Leafs fan. And it was really cool talking to him. We, we had a great chat. This was kind of what, at the start of the playoffs, right? That infamous well, round one collapse. That's what I said. I was like, well, I pretty much said, um, you know, the Jets are going to meet the Leafs. And then it was, it was 3-1. And, but, but actually, let's rewind a little bit. Yeah. So I, so I think we got maybe the intel that John played hockey. Was it through Grant Lawrence? Yeah, he. I think Grant had told us, but so we, also uh, Chris number two yeah. knew him because they had toured together. Okay, so I, I, there was a couple connections. And then for this one, I do believe I used our Twitter account, which I don't... I don't really know the handle just yet. I think it's Talking Hockey Pod. I think that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so I slid into John Gallant's, uh, you know, DMs, and I said, "Hey, like we just had Grant Lawrence. I think we had Grant Lawrence on the show at the time, and we had Chris Number Two. It's like we, you know, we're a couple guys from Winnipeg. And we want to talk hockey, and it's like, boom, I'm in. And before you knew it, like we're doing the interview with John, yeah. and uh, yeah, we connected over over Zoom." And you know, obviously, the, the 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 chat went from from music and hearing his perspective of being on tour, but also we we really talked about the Leafs and and got his perspective of the Maple Leafs yeah. as being a, like a, a full-on in-depth fan. Um, like I said at that time, I think the Leafs the Leafs were either up two or three-one because the Montreal won game they, one. That it series. looked like they were well on their way yeah. to uh, victory in, in in the first series of the playoffs. And that at that, that point, the Jets would have already defeated the Oilers. Mm -hmm. So, look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I guess the moral of that story is uh, don't bet against the Habs. Um, so, actually, before we get to this clip, though, both Tommy and I, I think, have maybe. Um, connected more to Billy Talent more now yeah. than maybe when when their music came out actually like during you know like all the past years since the 2000s. Yeah, so, it would have been probably like kind of as I like to say turn of the century, like you know around 2000, that era. So I would have you know kind of just have wrapped up high school and then and then been like oh uh, you know Billy Talent's everywhere you know and they they had. Uh, I think probably songs on EA Sports like NHL oh, yeah. or whatever. They're right? everywhere. Like, everywhere, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I worked for a while during university. I worked at West 49 at the mall, right? Like, oh, yeah. so like they're on the soundtrack there, you know, and it was kind of inescapable. So I, I didn't listen to them much on my own. But then, you know, when we go to talk to John and then I start listening to some Billy Talent again and I'm just like, I know all these songs and I'm like, yeah, man, that's a banger. That's a banger that, you know, all these songs are just so like, yeah, like, and, and I'm like, holy fuck, they're a good band, Randy. <laughs> like, I kind of forgot about them, right? Like, and there's, yeah. I agree. Like, and this, just this past weekend, I was listening to the Billy Talent Essentials on Apple Music and like, yeah, I don't know if there's 40 songs on there, they're all yeah. bangers. Yeah. They're all good. Yeah. So, um, I just noticed it's 8.45. Okay. I should grab us a last round here okay. before. But so let's get to this clip and yeah. then we'll talk about the clip on the way back. Yeah. And then we'll lead, lead into the next clip. So this, uh, just a little, little bit of setup. This is John Gallant talking about 
his experience playing the Juno Cup and connecting this with was, some full-on NHLer, NHLers. Yeah. It's a classic clip. Super cool. And we'll give our reflections on the way back. Super cool clip, yeah. Oh, God, I've had the best best experiences because it's like the the second best option from, from my first dream. Uh, becoming <laughs> becoming a famous musician has been, like, absolutely incredible. And I'm not going to lie, but I got to play the Juno Cup, which... Yeah. Um, the charity game that happens on the Friday night of the Juno week, or, yeah, the Thursday night of the Ju Friday night of the Juno weekend, and uh, I've played in that several times, and that pits the artists versus ex NHLers from all the regular cities. And uh, when when we were in Winnipeg, um, we played against Chris King, and I became friends with Chris King, and he invited me to play in Newmarket on in a three on three game with like Mike Gardner, Wendell <laughs> Clark. Uh, Gary Lehman, uh, I scored on Ryan Whitney, and that was I was almost barfing. I tried my my hardest that I possibly could. These guys were just coasting, playing like their wrecked three on three hockey. Can you imagine playing three on three with the fastest man? Mike Gardner, Mike Gardner, that guy had wheels. <laughs> Holy he totally moly. dominated. He totally dominated. Does he still have the mustache? Oh yeah, I had to take a few breaks because like like the the board like they would just cycle through the line. And uh, I had to sit off the bench because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. I think I was still smoking cigarettes. <laughs> um, but that was probably one of the coolest moments. And then Chris King and I and a couple of the guys went out for breakfast. But the Juno Cup games have, have been the most spectacular because I met some of my, my favorite Leafs and Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark and uh, and uh, Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts chased me down in, in, in a practice media game. We uh, we were just doing like media for the Juno cup and it was months before the Junos, but we were trying to drum up some interest. So they invited like Natalie Spooner. I can't remember the Olympic goalie from the Canadian women's team. She was there, Gary Roberts and Brad Delgarno, who's a friend now and he's a local guy. He used to play for the Islanders. And, uh, Sammy Joe small. Brad goalie, right? Uh, no, um, maybe, maybe anyway, sorry. Nice and, uh, that, that's good though. Um, and then, uh, it was Gary, uh, sorry. And Gary Roberts and, and, uh, Brad Delgarno. And then it was me, Devin Cuddy, Jim Cuddy. And, uh, um, can't quite remember who, oh, oh, uh, Jer from monster truck were the artists. And so we did all the media and we were on our skates and gear. And then we just had a little four on four game and I got a breakaway on the goalie and I'm coming down. <laughs> like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm like in, in alone from like almost like half, between the blue line and the red line, skating my ass off. And then I can just hear like, oh, <laughs> behind me, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I got time and I'm just about to release my shot. And just before I did, he just pushed my elbow a touch with his stick and the puck went into the corner. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're not even playing anything. Just let me take a shot on the Olympic goalie. Oh, it, it, and then I see him in the change room after. And he's a beast, man. He, like, he looks like he should be playing football now. Like, which is crazy.
Okay, so that was Viking Death March by Billy Talent. And Tommy, what did you think about Johnny's story there? He's, you know, just picture yourself on a breakaway. But did you ever, would you ever expect, what would you imagine if Gary Roberts was coming down on you? I would really hope that he just let me get a shot off. You know, like, that was such a cool story though. And like, what an opportunity for him, eh? Like, just playing with all those those guys and then like in the Juno Cup and everything like that just super cool and like I hope that they do have a Juno Cup in Winnipeg one of these days soon whenever the Junos come back here because um, I would go check it out in a heartbeat but uh, yeah like what a like if Gary Roberts you know what does he poke his elbow there or something and it's like like what are you gonna drop your gloves and yeah. just, you know be like Gary <laughs> like you know turn and you know, start chirping Gary Roberts? I don't think so, but uh So yeah, that that classic clip came came from an episode or a, came from a skate, a three on three skate that John had with with Wendell Clark, Mike Gartner, Gary Lehman, Chris King, Ryan Whitney, and, yeah. and a, f- a few others. So uh yeah, like if you ever know that uh or if you've ever, ever had the feeling where you're on the breakaway and you hear yeah. those footsteps behind you, <laughs> you know, some more, nine, maybe nine times out of ten, you can usually beat the person because no one's usually back checking. Yeah. But, well, uh, and, and like John was telling us earlier in the interview, he's like, he's like, 
you know, talking about his beer league playing and all this kind of stuff. And he plays with uh, another guy that we've had on the show, Dave Bedini, and, and in one of his skates. And, and John said, you know, he's still got some wheels, right? So he plays center a lot, right? Like he's, he's a pretty fit looking guy, yeah. you know? Well, he's playing bass every night, you know? Yeah, he's, like yeah. he's, you know, but Gary Roberts, as we all know, is also a pretty fit guy. Yeah. And well, Gary Roberts, pro hockey player. Gary and, Roberts trains Connor McDavid, Steven Stamkos, Mark Shifley, you yeah. know, like- Heard if, of them? Yeah, he, he, puts, he puts the guys through the paces. You know, again, um, Here's a band that we were we were well aware of, but had no idea that you know the one of their key members, their bass player, yeah. was a big big hockey guy, and yeah. it was it was a you know a, a great honor, and, and you know it was it was great to have him part of the show, and it's you know cool. for sure uh, if when Billy Talent comes back through Winnipeg, we'll make sure to reach out to oh. John, and yeah, if uh, if it's winter, maybe we'll find an ODR, and if it's not, then we'll. We'll find some ice, but uh, yeah. again, thanks to John and uh, quickly connecting to me through through Twitter, and he's a big fan of the show now, and yeah. uh, it's it's been great to have. Yeah, we probably talked more Leafs on that episode than really anything before that, uh, but but it was really yeah, it was great talking to him. It was cool connecting. So our our last uh, our, our last clip that we're gonna go with here on our. Uh, Part one of two, season finale uh, clip spectacular. We're gonna go with, uh, we had uh, Grant Lawrence, lead singer of The Smugglers. He, he came on the show um, and man, we had a blast talking to him and... Um, go into the, some background on how you lined this one up. Okay, so well, with Grant Lawrence, I do have a little bit of a background with him in that I've met him at uh, a folk fest or two along the way he, that he's been at hosting because he, you know, since the smugglers kind of wrapped up more or less, he's been employed by the CBC as a radio host. And a lot of that time was with CBC Radio 3, which is kind of Canada's like indie rock channel if you will that's right and a lot of it was it was it was kind of like an inter it started as an internet based radio station it's on satellite radio <laughs> excuse me they've changed formats a bit nowadays uh, they don't have they used to have um, hosts Grant Lawrence was kind of the the drive time host if you will right like the prime time drive guy um, they don't really have hosts anymore so we're good thanks little last call there but uh we're good because we just stocked up on vitamin b but yeah no grant was um a guy that through radio three i i had found myself kind of in that quote-unquote community of of canadian indie music fans and whatnot and had connected with grant through that um grant is also an author he's written a, a few books one of which is about his sort of life as a beer league goalie and his relationship with hockey and and the complicated as it is and all the rest of it right and so if you don't know listeners in manitoba when people are about to get married they have what's called a wedding social um so my wife and i when we got married neither of us is actually from manitoba but we had a wedding social <laughs> we reached out to grant for uh to see if he would donate maybe some of his books while well, he gladly and happily you know autographed 
several copies of his books and sent them our way for uh, as parts of the prize package because that's a big part of the social is the the what do you call it the the silent auction silent auction yeah so anyway um, so yeah we've had I've had some interaction and, and a bit of history with Grant but I knew that when we were reaching out to guests that he had to be a guy that we were talking to because he's such a uh, a hockey fan I know he loves the Canucks you know he plays goalie on a, a illustrious Vancouver Beer League team called the Vancouver Flying V's they got super cool jerseys yeah that are like the old Canucks uh, hockey, hockey stick, stick logo but instead of the hockey stick it's a Flying V guitar and uh, you know I've heard tell of some of the guys who've played on his team you know and and uh, yeah, just super cool. So we, we definitely had to reach out to Grant. He was, he was so, uh, super pumped to come on the show because like I said, he had never actually been asked to just talk about hockey before. So he was, he was, he was down for that. And so we had a pretty good chit chat with him. Yeah, and for me, like, I was well aware of Grant being a CBC guy. Um, you know, a little bit of hockey. Like I, I, I remember seeing his book because he's he's on the cover of his yeah. book, wearing his full goalie gear without his mask on and stuff. Yeah. But growing up for myself, like in the '90s, I was a huge Lookout Records fan, right. Mint Records too, uh, up in Vancouver. So I, like, I was a huge Smugglers uh, fan, and the Smugglers is the band that he's the lead singer of. Yeah. So you know flashback to like me at age 15 and it's like holy crap i'm gonna talk to the guy from the smugglers yeah you're rocking out to rosie just like this is this is phenomenal so actually the clip you're about to hear is uh i don't think it made it to the show did it no yeah. this is a this bonus is clip. extra yeah. yeah so if you listen to the if you listen to the previous episode um this clip was not on it and so a little bit of perspective and tommy i got a question for you here yeah, yeah. on the way out but um grant basically gives a little bit of gives the backstory on winning one of his championships with with the Flying V's, and it was against a team of of young guns, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So, Tommy, how what are your thoughts on playing against the young kids, the young bucks? Yeah. In, in beer league? <laughs> you know, I kind of love it, but um, it can be frustrating, obviously, because they've they tend to have a little more uh, stamina than you know, but. But you did, as an old guy, you gotta sometimes just dig deep and find those extra, you know, gears. And you pull out, you pull out your old man strength, your dad power or whatever, you know, and, and it, but, but yeah, playing against those young guys, like, you know, like, toe drags weren't invented when I, <laughs> when I played hockey at that age, you know, like, I mean, if they were like, nobody, it wasn't, it just wasn't a thing. And then you, you play some of these teams in beer league these days that are all 18 to 24 year olds. And like, they, they don't play as a team, but one-on-one -on -one they'll destroy you. You know, they'll, they'll toe drag you, they'll saucer pass, and that's really all they want to do. Yeah. So if you can play a team game against these guys, then you're okay. But yeah, like it, it's, it can be frustrating. And it can lead to uh, a lot of penalty minutes. Hey, I've been there. Frustration a little bit yeah. if the toe drags work. Exactly. So in this clip, um, you know, Grant's team is is full full of like I guess you could say some musicians and artists yeah. and stuff from Vancouver, yeah. uh, you know, of the vintage of like the 70s and maybe early 80s, and they're playing against a bunch of kids that are maybe like 18, 19, 20, 
Um, he, he gives, he gives a, 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 such a detailed description in this story, so there's nothing much more to say, but here is Grant's depiction of winning a championship so against the Young Bucks. Yeah. Here's one of my uh, most treasured hockey trophies. The, the Flying Vs, we've been a team about, I don't know, 15 or 16 years, and in that time we've won f four championships, and this wow, is my right on. This is my favorite one because uh, this is men's division four champions uh, winter 2017. So it's been a while already, but uh, that game was one of those, like where I kind of like thought back to the, the ball hockey uh, <laughs> because we were playing, you know, we're all a little bit older now. We've been, the team's been around for, you know, 15, 16 years. So we started, uh, you know, I'm turning 50 this summer. So, uh, we were playing a bunch of young, fast kids, and they were great. They were called the tryhards, <laughs> and they were they were really good. Like there were a couple of guys, you know, you look up like who is this guy? You get home and go like, who was that guy that scored four goals on me? They've got they got a hockey database page. <laughs> exactly. Like there's a couple guys that rank in that. Like oh my god, he played in like the Czech Republic, and you know professionally, and and so we were up against that, and in in the we we they waste us repeatedly in the regular season and uh, lo and behold in the playoffs we end up meeting them in the final and we went in with not a lot of confidence like we're like oh let's just try to hang on let's try to do what we can let's try to get the first goal all those cliches and in the third period we were down three to one and that's a hard mental hurdle to to get over in a uh, in a final but with about 10 minutes left we scored a goal and all of a sudden it's three to two and there's 10 minutes left and all of a sudden the psychology just f flips to us and it was incredible all of a sudden the advantage goes to us all of a sudden they're trying to knock it scored on and we're trying to throw everything we have to tie it up and we do tie it up with a couple minutes left and it's three to three and in that time they start pressing really hard when it's three to three and they have a couple breakaways on me and i make some crazy wounded moth move <laughs> and somehow the puck stays out one one time the guy celebrates you know to try to trick the ref and i had it you know not in my glove but pinned under my glove in a very precarious place where he could have probably still whacked it but he skated past and we get into overtime and they did not want to be in overtime. They were, they were, they had the game, they had the championship. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're in overtime. And again, momentum is just on our side. And uh, one of the guy, one of our guys, a stick rides up and he kind of helps the stick ride up his shoulder a bit. And then the stick hits him in the side and the ref calls it. Yeah. And the guy whose stick, he was furious. It was like, <laughs> captain of the team and the guy who played in the Czech Republic goes to the box. They're furious. And it goes, the, 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 we have a power play, but it's going end to end and it's driving me crazy. And they get a shorthanded breakaway on the power play. And again, I make some stop where I, I can't even see it and it stays out. And I only know because my bench is slamming their sticks. And, yeah. and it goes the other way on a big break four on two uh, break for us. 
And our defenseman, Bruce Dick, from uh, You Say Party, We Say Die, uh, he, sl he does a huge slap shot off the rush, and another guy tips it, and it goes between the goalie's leg and we the goalie's legs, and we oh, win no the way. championship. I'm getting chills right now. Oh, it was incredible <laughs> against these young kids, and they were so mad in the, the handshake line to, you know, like, so we could, like, do you know like like do this like like to, so they could see how old we were <laughs> and they were so mad that these grizzled old guys beat them and 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 the and they you know they started complaining to the refs and all this stuff they wouldn't leave the ice and and then they ended up leaving the league so we chased them, <laughs> chased them from the league Right, that was the smugglers with rock and roll was never this much fun. And I'll tell you, Randy, uh, doing a podcast was never this much fun. Had a pretty great season. You know, we talked to so many rad guests. And uh, as you just heard in part one of two of our season finale clips show, um, you just heard from about four or five of our rad guests that we just had. That was Grant Lawrence from The Smugglers, most recently, that we just talked to. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really great connecting with him. Super cool story. And, and, and all of our guests, we, we had so many cool stories like that through the whole season. And uh, next episode will be um, the season finale, part two of two, clip show spectacular. It'll be more clips of more awesome guests that we had this season. But let's just run down a list here of the episodes so that you can go back and listen if you want to um, each of these guests that you just heard clips of on this little uh, season right here. So, so first of all, we had... Um, so Russ Rankin right. came from 
episode or uh, season three, episode eighteen, which was the Bridgman. The Bridgman. Bridgman. Right. Uh, I'll just go in order by number. Okay. So Grant Lawrence came from Guy Carboneau's episode number twenty-one, season three, episode twenty-one. Yeah. Eric Melvin came from season three, episode twenty-two, the Jordan Tutu episode. The Tutu. Uh, Chris number two. Who should have came from Tutu? He should have, in hindsight, <laughs> yeah. he should have probably been episode 22. But he did tell us a good story about no. wearing number 19 no, and then right. number 91. Yeah. So listen to this episode, season three, episode 23, the Brian Bellows, yeah. for his story about why he chose his number and which number he chooses. And he says now whenever he gets given a jersey, yeah, they always give him give number, number two, two because he's Chris <laughs> number two. And John Glant, uh, comes from season three, episode 25, The Stasny, and turns out he's actually number 25. Yeah, that was so, pretty cool coincidence. So the fact yeah. that he, so we were asking all these guys which way they shoot and what number that they wear, and he wear, wore number 25. Complete coincidence, John Gallant wore number 25 and, and appeared in that episode. Yeah. So um, a little bit of preview. Um, it's not completely planned out. But you'll hear clips from the Zambonis, you'll hear clips from Dave Bedini, from Ken Reed, from Jason Goulet, and from, from a few other episodes. Uh, maybe just some highlights from, from Tommy and I from throughout the season as well. We had some high moments, we had some low moments. <laughs> we played some hockey card war, yeah. we had some tan half time. Right. You know, we had, we had a whole bunch of fun. You know, this is going to be the end of season three, but for sure there's going to be... Um, you know, some some maybe one-off episodes because we've got the expansion draft coming up. Yeah, we've we got this the draft. We might you know pull up here at Sucrums and we little, uh, we might you know play some hockey card war or one on one over a beer. You never know. We might. But for for sure, I think what we're gonna do this summer is try and uh, get some interviews done with more awesome guests, so that for season four, when that comes out in the fall. We're going to be like bang, bang, bang with like, you know, some really great guests. And we've we've got a couple, you know, tentatively lined up right now. I'm not going to say names at this moment. They're in the hopper. But they're in the hopper and you're going to love them. We've got, you know, we'll have comedians. We'll have punk rockers, probably some more authors. You name it. All oh, the uh, but also we have some other rockers too right that's right yeah yeah, yeah. you know what yeah not just punk rockers so we say hey, yeah. hey like we, we've got we've got irons in the fire here on top yeah hockey. that's right so and you know and you know maybe one thing that we kind of pushed aside or maybe we didn't push it aside but we still would like to get some talking hockey merch going one of these right. days so um keep bugging us on social media or however you want We'll get it going. We appreciate everyone who's listened to all these episodes. Uh, we got to just run down a list of thank yous here. Um, first and foremost, is he your buddy John Rambo who gave us some right, tunes? Yeah, so yeah. like, let's, he, what, what kind of music did he give us? And yeah, well, John Rogers, yeah, aka John Rambo. He's a beat maker, producer, bass player. He can play any instrument and he's got a wicked home studio back in nova scotia and yeah he kind of he, he gave us some nice backtracking type, type music for uh, a few episodes we used it uh, when we were playing hockey card war or five card draw and trivia like for the zambonis trivia, that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah grant uh, lawrence trivia dude. that's right yeah, yeah. so check, check out uh, john rambo on youtube you can find a whole bunch of his sort of just like betting tracks or whatever you want to call them there 
Um, so, and our buddy Carter, he, yeah. he wrote us a little jingle for the Tan for Tanev time. Right. Uh, Carter uh, is a huge fan of the show, listens to every episode. In between car sales over there at McPhillips Toyota, Carter, thanks so much. Drive for into summer with McPhillips yeah. Toyota. <laughs> yeah. And hey, I owe you, Carter, I owe you a couple forgotten Lake Blueberry Ales from Lake of the Woods. I know that, and uh, they're coming. So thanks, Carter, for supporting the show. Uh, Tanev Time is going to get so much more play next year because we'll get her going right off the bat. Uh, so much appreciated. Um, Liam, we got to thank Liam for yeah. help, uh, helping us hooking up for sure. the Melvin up uh, Kind of a interview. real behind the scenes guy helping us out yeah. in a lot of ways there. And same thing with Keebler. Yeah. Keebler was on our most recent episode. Uh, I guess you could say that it was episode 28. Uh, right. Keebs was on. Uh, thank you for helping up some, some connections for us there. Um, and just, yeah, just everyone out there who, who's a regular listener, who's interacting on our social medias. Uh, social medias, I sound like a freaking old guy. <laughs> <laughs> on the socials. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, that's, that's the part of the, the challenge or whatever is, the, is trying to be on that. So, like, you know, like, thank you for listening and, and like, uh, social media who really cares but you know you got to do it so it is what it is but and uh, so something we haven't done this much on the show is we played a song from each of these guests yeah. and we felt you know like that's that's five songs um maybe it's a bit much but also you know these guys took time out of their schedules to talk to us so we can give some time from our show to play their tunes but on the way out tommy um, you got to do your classic send-off, but sure. I also need you to throw to one of your favorite songs from the Crest of Steel playlist. Okay. So just fire that up at the end of your little spiel here. Okay, well, uh, so here goes nothing then. I'm going to say, look, check out the, the official Talkin' Hockey playlist. It's on Apple Music. Um, you can find the link in our bio on Instagram. And listeners, I'm going to need you to, you know, I'm going to need you to get pucks deep. I'm going to need you to keep those shifts quick. I'm going to need you to check the lie of your stick. For God's sake, check the lie on your stick. And here is a little song by Chicks Dig It. It's called Cheevers. And then there's a whole bunch of brackets uh, that say stitch marks, on my, stitch marks on my heart. I feel like Jerry Cheevers. So, yeah, here's Cheevers by Chicks Dig It. Drew on a dance bar And I think he played with black
every part And you are number 30 